The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Equities trying to build on Monday's bounce as these tragic headlines out of Israel are offset by some dovish Fed speak and some relief in yields. Ten-year drops to 466. That's near the lows of the month. Our roadmap begins with the Israel-Hamas conflict entering its fourth day now. Israel says its border with Gaza is now secure. We're going to go live to the scene. Pepsi rallying in the pre-market, posting a beat on earnings and revenue. We're going to dive into that quarter. And more labor strikes to come. Thousands of hospitality workers in Vegas planning to pick up this week after another round of failed negotiations with the casinos. Let's begin, though, with the markets trying to build on yesterday's rally, Jim. Uh, were you surprised at all by what yes. stocks one, and oil did? It was incredible. Yes, actually, I started my show last night by saying a little counterintuitive that you could have both at the same time. But if you take a look at the timeline, obviously, uh, Vice Chair Jefferson speaks and then boom, 130, just like that. But they couldn't take the oil stocks down, obviously, because of what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, and then they didn't have the bonds because of Columbus Day. So it was kind of a three-pronged oddity that oil, oil could be up that the S&P could roar and we didn't have the bonds to key off of and set up a picture that I think was counterintuitive to most people yes. in the, uh, the events that occurred in the news. Uh, you had Logan and then Jefferson talking about higher term premiums yeah. uh, and the and being mindful, they said, of the impact of longer, higher rates, longer Yeah, terms. I mean, I also think that you had that note from Ed Yardini, who's really he's always distinguished himself and he's an old friend and done things with him. But, you know, he, he's in the camp of that we got to be more careful and that seems to be winning people over. I do think that the, it, it is overblown that, that the Mideast could hurt the U.S. versus, say, 73, where you got an oil embargo, which really hurt the U.S. But I also recognize that if you try to define how far this thing goes, you could be instantly wrong. 48 hours wrong. Yeah. I don't want uh, to do that. Yard Denny takes his recession odds uh, to year end uh, from uh, 25 to 30s. Been pretty bullish on disinflation, well, right. productivity. Yeah, right? the immaculate. Yep. I mean, one of the, one of the things that and yesterday we mentioned Mike Wilson, and I appreciate his work, but it wasn't like he shifted from bullish, where you had the, one of the greatest rallies, uh, to bearish. Yardini, tremendous bull through this period. So when I read him, and I read him every morning because he's he, he's a must read, it did feel like, oh man, are we going to lose Yardini? Are the bulls going to lose? And then after that, you, it's very hard to be as bullish. Kind of reminds me of the great late Marty Zweig, who used to be on uh, Wall Street Week with Rukeyser, where you would be like, ooh, wow, I'm on the wrong side of that trade. <laughs> so you need Yardini. You don't want to lose him. Right. Meanwhile, you got the IMF um, warning about a stubborn uh, global economy that they say is limping along. They cut their forecast for China. They cut their forecast for the Eurozone. And then moments ago on Squawk, you had Tudor Jones talking about geopolitical risk combined with the weakened fiscal situation here in this country. Take a listen. It's a very threatening time. So that is also happening at the same time the United States is probably in 
its weakest fiscal position since certainly World War II with debt to GDP at 122%. So it's a really tough time for I think the moral voice of the world, certainly been the leader since World War II. So he says recession probably begins Q1. Right. Hard to like stocks. Yeah. Likes gold and Bitcoin. Right. Uh, I like I like Paul very much and have followed him and contributed with him and his causes are excellent. I think he does uh, raise a risk that everybody who has been around for a long time raises, which is the deficit. Uh, didn't really afford anyone an opportunity to make any money who watches us unless you want to do Bitcoin, which doesn't act well, or gold, which doesn't act well. I am not criticizing. I'm just saying that, once again, someone who has done well is cautious, uh, and that fits the you only need to get rich once. The conversation, the talk I used to give to uh, the Eagles when Andy Reid was coach, where I was explaining that after they got these big contracts, they only need to get rich once and try to get them not to do crazy things. That's him. Like, you know, you'd be with someone who's a, who is a running back and he just got a big contract and he's trying to figure out what, what to buy. And I said, well, listen, buy municipal bonds. I was in the same position that he is, which is that I just said, guys, no upside. There's no upside here because you're already rich, uh, except for a lot of our viewers aren't rich. And you have to try to find something that helps. So this is part of the, the dynamic that I guess you could say afflicts the very wealthy is that the number of things that they have left to worry about are intractable. Well, I mean, look, what about the conversation with my wife? I mean, should we be in the five-year or the ten-year? Wow, really raising the whole bar. I mean, look, I, a lot of the people who watch us, I'd say the vast majority other than the hedge funds, are searching for ways not to, not, not to lose money, but to make money. I can't go out with gold because gold's not good. I can't go out with Bitcoin because I, I just can't get on the... I can't be in something where Mr. Bitcoin is about to go down big. Because I, I'm, I'm stuck here trying to find the PepsiCo after the big decline because Hugh Johnson gives me some nice background. And, and I know that that's not his job. And none of the billionaires that come on, it's not their job to help people make money. So what they do is they default to, look, you know, it's not a good time. It has never been a good time for a billionaire. Ever. Ever. Now, this is completely Lenin. Because I, I am a great follower during the, <laughs> during the strikes. I like Trotsky because the people united will never be defeated. Actually, no. People, the worker united. That's people forget that champ. But Lenin is right. I mean, if the rich are unhappy, it's their own damn fault. And uh, I'm not against the rich. I don't favor some of the things that Lenin, he had a kind of a radical view. But I do find myself saying, oh, okay, let's just not help people at all because we don't have to work hard and look up things. Right. But has the, have the events of last weekend changed your overall risk profile? Or do you think the market's going to be able to thread through well, this? I mean, obviously, there's an existential thread. Um, I remember when I was at Goldman Sachs and we had Chernobyl. And I was saying, listen, we got to buy McDonald's because it was down big. And a, a person who was far senior to me said, well, this could be the equivalent of thermonuclear war. And I said, OK, well, maybe we should switch to Tyson. I don't think I've, you've ever told me that story. Well, because, like, I, you know, look, I, I think we could very easily. It is no problem for me to come in every single day of my life here. I've done well. I'm very lucky. And say, you know what? I recommend nothing. Why? Because I've done really well. You're and, in capital preservation right. mode. Right. And, you know, it's a perilous time. It, since World War II. Since World War I. Since 9-11. Since the Korean conflict. Since Tet. I'm not got a lot of them. You want to go with all of them? You know, with 53,000 guys dying in Vietnam. I got one. Tet. No, I'm not going to play that. I can't do that because our viewers don't want that. 
Now, Paul doesn't exist in that world. That's not him. And he shouldn't. But I can't come out here every day and just say, you know what? There's Coca-Cola sign and Home Depot. I don't like them, you see, because they're equities. And it's not time for equities. It's the time for the 20 years. Anyone looked at the 20 years, you get five. I'm not going to play that game because that's not what our viewers want. They don't want us to sit here and just say, you know what? I can't buy Pepsi because it's an equity. That's not our job. Our job is to try to find something that works. So how are you sharpening your screen right now? I mean, given what we I have think that there's a big, a big backlash against the GOP dash ones uh, led by you, Johnson, who just says, listen, I'm actually going to give it a, a, a 2024, uh, basically saying that, that, that whatever the hell Walmart said isn't right. Now, I could say Pepsi's an equity. Send me a Celsius. Well, they own because Celsius, they got a double. I'm not being, I, yes, I am right there being jocular, but I do think that we have a job. And our job is to actually look underneath the S&P 500. These guys don't ever look at stocks. They run too much money. What, you think they care about Home Depot versus Lowe's? Versus Stanley Works versus Floor Decor? Black, Black and Decker Stanley. They don't. And why don't they? Well, because Disney is too small. Feels and like- I, I, get, I get, you know, occasionally I get upset because I spent all the goddamn, la- excuse me, I spent all last night trying to figure out what to do here. Um, and I just said to myself, I got two things. I can come in and tell Carl, you know what, Carl? I'm starting to look at those munis and then end the discussion because you see they're GOs. And you know what? Give you the Heisman. Or I can say, well, wait a second. I got a charitable trust I run and I, I'm forced to try to find something. I, people don't want me to say, listen, the S&P 500. Yeah. It feels like it's we, time have, for Ethereum. we have some, some variation of this conversation every time there is a, a well, dark... But- yeah, I mean, look, it's been it's been dark so many times in my life. I mean, I remember when I had to had a cubby hole that I had to stick my head in because the the Russians had the thermonuclear. They had devices. They had stolen the H bomb from people, so I had to put my head in a, in a cubby hole. I don't think that would have been necessarily what would have saved me with thermonuclear war. I don't know. Maybe half of me. Uh, That said, uh, we are going to stay alert to the developments uh, in Israel. Uh, The country does say its border with Gaza is now secure four days after that surprise attack by Hamas. NBC's Kelly Kobiea is live once again for us in Tel Aviv this morning. Hi, Kelly. Hey, good morning, Carl. Yeah, we're actually at a hospital, the largest hospital in Israel here in central Tel Aviv. And what you see behind me is a massive blood drive. People have been lining up, waiting for hours in some cases to give blood here. They're also opening up an underground hospital, a secure hospital, turning a multi-story car garage underneath the hospital into uh, a place where they can take care of patients, where patients can be safe in the worst possible case scenario, according to the CEO in the case of, say, a uh, multi-missile strike on Tel Aviv. in, on the ground, the Israeli Defense Forces are continuing their counter-offensive uh, against Gaza. There were something like 200 strikes on Gaza positions overnight and into today. Israel says that they're targeting all sorts of uh, key operational positions for Hamas and Islamic Jihad, including a command center, they say, was in a mosque, and weapons storage, they say, was also uh, hidden in a mosque. The effect on the ground, though, for civilians in Gaza is absolutely catastrophic. The U.N. saying that 180 plus thousand people have now been displaced uh, inside Gaza. There are uh, hundreds of homes that have been destroyed. Apartment buildings have been caught.
caught in this, no matter how uh, precisely the Israelis say that they are striking. It, it is sort of inevitable in Gaza that, that civilians will be affected. We've seen video of children being carried out of the rubble and into ambulances there. The United Nations says more than 100 children uh, were have been killed in Gaza. The numbers continue to rise there. And the humanitarian situation there is really reaching a crisis point. Apparently, uh, fuel and medicine supplies running low. That fuel is used to keep uh, those hospitals somewhat operational in Gaza. Uh, here in Israel, we're still hearing air raid sirens today. We heard one just a short time ago while we were here at the hospital on our way to try to interview a patient. And it's, you know, simply a case of everybody gathering into the, the one safe space they can find on that floor in the hospital. For us, it was right next to some elevators with about a dozen women who are all in the hospital because of high-risk pregnancies. The doctor said, we don't really have a shelter on this level, so this is what we do every time an air raid siren sounds. So this is the kind of thing that's happening in Tel Aviv and other parts of Israel today as these air raid sirens continue, as the counter-offensive uh, counter continues in Gaza, Carl. Kelly, that's great call around the ground. We appreciate that. Of course, uh, we do expect to hear from the president here uh, this afternoon with some more remarks uh, on the situation. Uh, Kelly, we'll talk soon. Kelly Kobie of NBC News. We'll take a quick break here, take a look at the pre-market. We will get to some market activity as well. Jim mentioned Pepsi kicking off Q3 earnings season. We'll get to Honeywell, Tesla, Disney, Rivian, and some others. Future's still solid as Squawk on the Street comes back. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to Pepsi this morning, a beat on third quarter earnings and revenue. The company does raise its profit forecast, pretty decent organic. I know Jim was interested in the comments about GLP-1s. Here's what Hugh Johnston said on Squawk. We're studying it closely, uh, but we don't see it at all in our numbers right now. I think to the degree that this gets adopted, it will likely get adopted pretty slowly over time, and that'll give us time to evolve our portfolio. People are going to want to continue to snack in some form or another. If they want more protein, if they want more carbohydrates, this is stuff that we know how to do very, very well. And my expectation is, just like we did with zero sugar, we'll be able to adopt to this as, as time goes on. Satisfactory answer? I thought so. Uh, look, I think the issue is, is that when you speak to Walmart, they were pretty definitive. And when you push them back saying, look, I really can't buy that, they just kept coming at you. But he has Walmart numbers. And the Walmart numbers show no diminution. The one thing, there was a piece out by Bank of America today, uh, an alpha called Accolade, and they did a survey, uh, and they say that 43% of employers intend to offer coverage for GLP-1s in 2024. Uh, and now you're starting to talk about 15 million people if it's like that, and that is a percentage that would hit Walmart. Uh, look, I, I think, Carl, that there's also like, you know, there is a private pay issue right now, which is $1,000 a week for these drugs and the people who are doing that are obviously really want to get, you know, they want to get thinner and they might not have been eating this stuff to begin with. So there's not this big overlap. Look, I, I, I know Hugh, he's had 55 straight quarters and he's never missed. There's no reason for him to stick his neck out and give us a 20, 24 forecast 
because then you have to cut the darn forecast. And so the forecasts there are, are, are very serious, and it's a rigorous place, PepsiCo. So I'm, I'm going to side with him just because there seems to be no side. I like, by the way, Doritos, by the way, completely on track. Potato chips, boom. I mean, exactly on track. Celsius, so far, man, they took a stake in Celsius. It's $500 million. It's now worth a billion dollars. And I think the only real interesting issue would be how much is coffee being uh, dropping because of Celsius among younger people. Ah. All right, well, Frito-Lay, North America, up seven. We're going to pay. We're going to start slicing and dicing Pepsi's data. That's for we sure. We are. Yeah. I, look, you, the Walmart note was a serious note because the first time I saw it, I said, I got to check this out. This is like, come on. I mean, they, these couldn't have played that much of a role. Now we have to, like, analyze again. Well, if it's not PepsiCo, who is it? Because it's not like Frito-Lay and Doritos yet are done in a low-cal way that I know of. Right, right. So to the degree uh, it's a combination of GLP-1's rates slowing consumer yes. on all of these CPG stocks. Right, but now it's the empire, you know, the, the empire strikes back. I mean, this is uh, rates are done. Uh, the numbers are really good. Inflation is really good. Johnston uh, said gas prices haven't been an issue for them. No. Yeah. And I think that this is a company that's incredibly well run. Against that is, do we just have one day respite on interest rates? But uh, the, the quarter was very, very good. And I think these stocks have gone down a lot. Uh, some are obviously going to be hurt more than others. But now I'd like to hear from you know, Costco. And I'd like to hear from Amazon Web Services. But uh, because they have a lot of potato chip, well, you know, they, they do that. But I would say that Q was as definitive as I ever heard. Especially as I came at him hard on the GLP ones. It's like, hey, you, come on. This has got to be awful. Like, no. But the accolade survey should be read, Bank of America. That's good. Uh, yeah, good to hear from uh, from Johnston. Always gets great, yeah. great granularity on the quarter. Absolutely. We'll get uh, Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this Tuesday. E- equity futures hanging in there. Squawk on the streets back in just a moment. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get Kramer's Mad Dash to count down to the opening bell. Look, uh, there was a meeting this morning for Honeywell. Uh, now, this is uh, Vimal Kapoor's really kind of a step one about what he intends to do. I'll tell you, Carl, uh, it's divided into four businesses, uh, aerospace, industrial automation, building automation, energy sustainable solutions. A lot of people feel that he's going to make a big move somewhere. Uh, but more, the most important thing I heard was that they are going to be within or above expectations. There's a heavily shorted stock of late. Uh, people feel it's lost its way. Uh, I don't know why people feel that way. You got a new CEO and he's going to take action. So uh, this is a big charitable trust name. Uh, I have owned it ever since, I think since Dave Cody and then Darius the Damchak. And I think it's very important to recognize that this has a lot of what people want right now, whether it be a defense or whether it be aerospace, whether it be climate change. Very important. Is aviation the crown jewel as it was once Absolutely. for Absolutely. And that's what they build up. That's where they spent the money. Uh, Everything's tainted by how Boeing's doing. I mean, Boeing stock is really one of the worst stocks. Uh, David was right to get me out of Boeing. <laughs> the, shame, but, yeah, the shame was real. Shame is gone. Uh, Boeing is mystifying to me because there are only two companies in that industry. I mean, it's hard. If there's only two companies, that kind of figure, well, you got to do okay. But no, 
and uh, and Honeywell's been brought low by them. Yeah. Still, though, the, the affirmation of guidance for the quarter right. and fiscal 23, is that good news going into a period of industrial earnings? Absolutely. And I know that a lot of people have lowered numbers for industrial. It depends what kind of industrial it is. If you're in climate control, I mean, wow. Although, I got to tell you, the long lives are out for carriers because of their acquisition in Europe. We had the downgrade now, last week. I know. I mean, I, Dave, uh, Dave Gitlin has done a remarkable job. This acquisition he's making, I think, makes a ton of sense. But people went domestic. Uh, and, you know, Honeywell, by the way, has the ability, if they wanted to, to get rid of sustainability solutions or get rid of industrial automation. I don't think they're going to do it. But they like to shut. The new CEO likes to shuffle the deck. And if they shuffle the deck, it's almost always viewed as positive. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this thing is, you, you can't kill it. I mean, these guys came in and said, bad acquisition, bad acquisition. Gitlin's a winner. And those who want to bet against Git- Gitlin, you know where to find me. <laughs> we'll watch some of those names. Obviously, Honeywell's going to be a, a name to watch at the Open. Let's get the, uh, don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Uh, listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We'll get that opening bell in just about five minutes. The upward movement in real yields may reflect investors' assessment that the underlying momentum of the economy is stronger than previously recognized. And as a result, a restrictive stance of monetary policy may be needed for longer than previously thought in order to return inflation to 2%. That's Fed Vice Chair Jefferson yesterday uh, talking about longer term, uh, higher for longer. Right. Actually, Sheila Baer has an interesting essay in the FT arguing that you kind of want a period where money costs something because right. otherwise you end up with huge inefficiencies, zombie companies. Oh, yeah. I also think that the, we have an FTC that won't let companies combine or, or take over companies. That are, no company can fail. It's almost like it's too small to fail. I don't understand how we have an antitrust uh, kind of way of doing things right now, which would make it so that if you're a large company and you wanted to buy a company that's failing, your lawyers are telling you don't bother. FTC will block it. So what you have is this kind of, the whale's not swallowing the guppy, and the guppy stays alive. So you do have zombie companies. I think that a lot of it's because of the FTC. Right. I mean, I I talked to a lot of people in that business, in the legal business on this, and they're all afraid of her, uh, this Lena Khan. Uh, because they don't know, even though they, Microsoft was able to buy Activision Blizzard, uh, they're afraid to be able to make a deal without thinking, well, we're going to look like fools. We're, we're still getting some M&A announcements. Who knows if we would be getting more otherwise? Oh, I think we would. I yeah. think that people are feeling a little more emboldened after the Amgen horizon, which was something that Minicon said, absolutely not, not going to happen. Uh, Bradway is doing things that are deceitful. He's the CEO. Uh, and the, C, the easy way, is, and I'm using the word deceitful, but the easy way that he basically said he can't be trusted was, I felt, sinful given Bob Bradway's re- reputation for honesty throughout his run at Amgen. Uh, we'll see if that marks a turn in the M&A landscape. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange. The big board commercial real estate broker Marcus and Millichap celebrating its 10th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ entertainment company Falcons Beyond Global uh, celebrating its recent listing as we're trying to uh, maybe target 43.50 now, Yeah, Jim. I mean, PepsiCo's up so much that there's a, a belief, I think, that there could be other PepsiCo's uh, lurking, and I think that's right. Uh, the group has just been tarred and feathered as if the sales are going to drop off a cliff, and it's very hard to refute a 2024 forecast for PepsiCo. 
Why bother to give it if you're worried? Uh, are you bracing for Delta, BlackRock, JPM, Wells? Yeah, I am. I mean, I think feel- that I'm doing a piece tonight about how one of the reasons why people don't like the market is because all you do is get number cuts for the banks. And we're all used to seeing BlackRock being a leader and JP Morgan being a leader, and, and they're just not. And I, what I worry about is, is that they keep setting the darn tone. Um, they come first. They don't really give you anything that is positive. And you end up thinking, okay, I guess it's not going to be good earnings season. And it happens Friday, and it's weird. It's kind of like a, a baseball game, baseball series. Like, you know, you go in, and if you lose the first one, you're really – that's bad. It's a, <laughs> it's a three-game series, and now, it's a, now this is a five-game series. I mean, City has been here for so long. Uh, your head is spinning. Bank of America is was, so low. I was going to ask you about these reports yesterday that their, uh, their treasury holdings are starting to – cause finger-pointing within the bank, according to some reporting. Look, I just know that I don't understand the city's tangible book value versus where it's selling. It's like about half of it. Now, somebody, I mean, what's amazing is, is that someone from the Fed doesn't say, you know what, I want to look and see if this isn't CalFed, GlenFed. Now, this is much better on bank than those, but those were savings and loans that were selling, say, at book value, tangible book is 50, and the stock is like 30. And then, of course, the stock went to zero. Now, city's not going to have that happen. But there is a discrepancy between the book value and the common stock that can't be reconciled from just looking at the, at the financials. So you do want to know why it's so different versus all the other banks. Truist is actually leading the S&P at the moment on these That's reports. That's the one I'm going to talk about. Really? Uh, on the insurance business? Yeah. I mean, someone called me last night on Truist, and I just said, look, I gotta, I've been so depressed about Truist because they think it's such a good bank. Uh, but you know what? Let's see what happens. I, I'm depressed about Huntington Bank. That's a good one. But I'm, I'm, I like being wrong immediately on Truist. We need to see. Someone actually came up with a positive note on Zions today. I mean, geez, that's supposed to be like in the event. They have an envelope that says, in the event of nuclear war, open this and says Zions should be bought. <laughs> Zions is up two and a half. U.S. Yeah, Bank Corp, fifth, third, key, Jim. U.S. Bank Corp's another one. Is this, is this such all, a good bank. This is all just a, a, a delineation from the Fed speaker the last 24 I hours? Think so. Well, you, look, you know that a lot of these have the wrong, so-called wrong bonds. But uh, nobody is saying you have to redeem them. But it doesn't matter in the end they, th- what they have to talk about, credit issues, uh, not making as so much money on that interest margin. The, the whole dialogue is bad. So uh, enjoy it while it lasts. How about that? Yeah. I know um, the ECB did put out a, a bulletin warning about CRE risks again. And in, in this ongoing discussion about what breaks, if, how, if depending on how rates the, the CRE, stay high for how long. The CRE risk, I think, is with the insurers. I mean, the banks lay out everything CRE, and you just don't have anything that, that really says, wow, they really screwed up. Uh, the insurance companies do not lay everything out, and that seems to be where a lot of the problems are. Uh, I think that I would avoid those stocks like the plague. I've told people who call in that those are not to be trusted because we don't know what they owe. Uh, kind of the inverse of yesterday's action in that all sectors are green except pretty much for energy. Do you believe, you think, believe energy's topped out here, despite uh, what we know is going on in the Middle East? I think that I'm waiting for Pioneer. I mean, remember the Wall Street Journal had a piece saying that Pioneer's going to get a bid. Now, remember, on April 27th, Scott Sheffield told me there's no talks, no desire to sell. But the journal continues to tell us that they're going to sell. Uh, I find it's perilous for the journal to be this wrong twice. 
Um, so I'm betting that once something, they should be a little more shy. Uh, but there are things happening in the war in Israel that might be might have derailed things. I don't know. Uh, so you got energy lower, uh, and then the requisite reaction is Delta's higher, Jim. Uh, the Carnival, the cruise lines are higher. Right. I mean, initially travel takes a hit, and then people come back and say, well, wait a second, we can do, still do things. Uh, I do think that the resupply of Israel by our companies is bullish for a company that it's been very, very hard to own, which is Raytheon Technologies. Um, you mentioned and, this yesterday. Yeah, and that, that seems to be trying to put in a, desperately try to put in a bottom uh, because of the engine problems that they have. Uh, I do think that uh, LHX is another one. They bought uh, Aerojet, and Aerojet is how you propel a missile. So uh, I'm waiting for Oshkosh, nothing there. Met with them last week. But I do think that if this is like 1973, uh, and Israel's much less dire now, but Israel back then... Uh, Nixon and Kissinger got together and said, okay, listen, 36-hour resupply of everything you need, save them in the, in the Golan Heights, save them in, on the side of Egypt. Uh, that's not what's going to happen this time. Uh, yeah. I, Kirby, I know, was uh, on some of the cable networks this morning saying that the first tranche of, of supplies from the U.S. is now en route, and they're obviously going to be requesting more. And I said, we'll right. hear from the president this afternoon. Well, Iron Dome doesn't have enough, apparently doesn't right. have enough pistols, and that would be uh, RTS. Right. Uh, among some of the laggards today, Jim, includes some tech names, Corvo, Skyworks, hit with a downgrade. Well, I mean, you know, look, I think it's a little late in that game, and they're, they're citing on chi- Chinese. Uh, there's also a note about uh, PCs by Bernstein, Tony Saganegi. One of your favorites. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Uh, PC market data, we passed the bottom, but we ain't roaring back. Um, well, you know, he, this is he finds the, what, the lead lining? What does he find, the radioactive lining? Good. Madam Curie, get me come here. Uh, Juniper's in there as well. J.P. Morgan goes to neutral 29. Yeah, I know. I time to buy service now. That's ridiculous that that's down. Uh, they got good AI products. What is that, taken down? What the heck is that? Really, no, the income is downgrade. Really constructive call though on EA today. B of A goes to buy wow, one fifty. Uh, they're talking about, about five-year trough valuations. I thought that that was a very interesting note. I didn't know that they they've got some uh, some contracts that are up, uh, and I know that it looks like they're going to get them. And I thought that was very positive. Uh, it, I also I, look. I think the gaming business is very very good, and it's taken a turn for the for the better. I like Take Two very much. Now, the one that is really interesting is Unity. I mean, here, John Riccatello gone, stock is acting well. Now, is it acting well because Riccatello is gone? Harsh judgment. The man who's come in, who's the interim CEO, is, is James White, Jim Whitehurst. Now, Jim Whitehurst is always a big favorite of Mad Money. He sold Red Hat. Uh, he worked at Delta beforehand. Now, is out at Unity effective immediately does not sound like they didn't even give you to spend time with family. You got to give them to spend time with family. Right. More time with I family. I mean, the SEC gives you that. You're in trouble with the SEC. They let you say time with family. Uh, uh, is, then why not? Is this really Tuscany. about? I don't know. Is this I mean, about some kind of closer. controversial price hike? I don't know. I like Riccatello very much. I think he's a great guy. And he is. I really do. But you never know what these situations are. And I'm not. Nor am I prurient. I'm not going to find out. I just like the fact that Whitehurst is in. And is Whitehurst going to sell the company? Whitehurst going to do whatever's necessary. I mean, he was willing to sell v- VMware to, uh, I mean, he, he, no, not VMware, I'm sorry, he's w- willing to sell Red Hat. Now, he was building Red Hat for years. 
VMware is going to go to, in any day now, I hope, to Broadcom, because that's supposed to happen by the end of October, according yeah. to Hoktan. These are all in play. It's interesting. It's in yeah, play. if we got VMware, uh, and, Microsoft Activision, I know. Amgen, no. you'd be cleaning up a lot of clutter in the M&A well, space. Well, yeah, I just want to start going after the ones where there's... Uh, look, I think the best one right now to look at is uh, Albertsons, okay? The Kroger Albertsons. Like, they have lined up people to buy the ones that, they, that are overlap. But both uh, Justice and the FTC has said, oh, said over and over again, you can't cure overlap. And that's because they're reacting to the botched uh, Safeway deal where Safeway... Uh, put some stores with uh, Alpha called Hagen, and then they were bankrupt in a few months. Uh, Palantir, a new Army contract worth about a $250 million. Someone knew that beforehand. That's going to be the highest since August, Someone early knew August. that beforehand. The stock was rolling. I happen to like Palantir very much. I, I bumped into the CFO, uh, and I, I had been slamming the stock left and right. And he said, boy, you finally got on board. I said, look, the stock fell big. Uh, you know, it's okay. And I said, your quarter was really remarkable. It was a remarkable quarter. Plus, there was no uh, cursing on the call. I thought that was an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, you know, they like to curse. I find that I don't like, you know, I don't want a bleep call. And it better be, look, it better be Musk if you have a bleep call. All right, he's allowed to do it. Speaking of Musk, um, Jeffries today cuts Tesla. They go. They were at 265, they go to 250. They, they actually question whether or not their pricing advantage is ephemeral or are somehow longer lasting. Why are they taking him on? I mean, I think he'll come up with whatever. He, he's, by, he's a by any, any means necessary guy. And I think that betting against him and all these price cuts, I mean, he's a share taker. Right now, he has to wipe out uh, Ford and GM. It's existential for Ford and GM because he figures out what's the price and he just says, listen, I can take them down. Uh, and, and he's a capitalist. And he just, I think he feels bad for Ford and GM. But. I, I don't know if you read the, the Morgan Stanley Jonas note about Tesla and to what degree the phone and the car sort of combine. In, in other words, you, you take part of the car's operations with you at all times, as the Tesla drivers now know. Yeah, it's true. Look, Jonas is very thoughtful. And I, I think that sounds good. By the way, Honeywell's down, which is, I think people expected more. Uh, I think that the Give me a break. I mean, what's supposed to do, like blow up the company on day one? There's a lot of stuff going on where I think that uh, you have to question things. And that's why, Carl, I revert to the taking stock with teens. Oh, here Piper we go. Sandler. Piper. This is it. I mean, my, my uh, colleague, Ben Stoto, this comes out twice a year. And he it's, says it's this like, is really about it's it. It's like Christmas in October. It is. Yep. It is. And I think that uh, TJX, they like off price because inflation's raging. Uh, they, uh, Nike Mix, Lulu Mix, Crocs Plus, uh, on on, plus, Decker's Plus, um, VF Corp, very bad. But I think what's most important, let's cut to the chase. Are people worried about green? Now, okay, so let's look at, I'm just squatting, at carbon footprint. Do you pay attention to your carbon footprint? 16% say yes, 51% no. 33%. What is, what is a carbon footprint? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's, there's a lot in there uh, this year. I, I noticed number one, uh, uh, number one brand is Nike. Right. Again. Uh, number one restaurant brand, Chick-fil-A. Number one cosmetic oh. brand, Elf. Elf. It's, it's a value play. Number one e-com brand, Amazon. 
Right, and I think that's great. Number one favorite celebrity is so easy, it's not even a game. Really? Is it? Well, I think it is. It's uh, a hint, Travis Kelsey. Yes. Um, but number two is a little shocker, Adam Sandler. I, I, I've been hitting up AS all day. I thought that might be an interesting stock, but it turns out to be Armco and was bought a long time ago. Uh, there's, this is so much fun. I'm depressed that Ryan Reynolds is four since he's my fave. Uh, <laughs> ever, but, ever since he came in to the oh, floor. Oh, no, I'm just a lapdog. You guys have been friends. I'm yes. a lapdog. But I do think that, that you should take notice that TGX, Burlington, and Ross are incredibly strong. And that off-price does say something. This is a group that I think traditionally has not been all that sensitive to price. Uh, and there is just a real fear of inflation because it's, it bites people. bites people at the supermarket. Uh, oh, Honeywell's down $1.80 now. Well, isn't that just horrible? Uh, I do think that when I look at the dollar stores, I am very suspect in dollar stores because they, the sizes I don't think are as good. People should just join Costco if they can afford Costco. Right. Uh, should shop at Costco. Yeah, yeah. Now, the problem with Costco is, is the bulk. If you have a very small apartment, Costco's not that valuable. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of news, uh, Jim, in labor today. Uh, in Australia, Chevron going to resume mediated talks with their LNG unions. Uh, culinary workers are going to uh, strike in Vegas, or picket wow. at least. Uh, wow. Of course, GM facing now some uh, roadblocks and negotiations with the Canadian labor union, Unifor. Uh, and then, of course, we're watching UAW and the big three. Look, all of these are negative. I mean, when you have just outright labor strife, it puts you in another era. Uh, you don't want to go back to 73, 74. You don't want to go back to 1950, where uh, the unions were really big. I mean, it almost seems like every area where there is a union is a problem. I am waiting, for, and I don't know anything about this, and I've not checked, but like the machinists usually throw in a wrench right now. Sure. Uh, they have not. I, I am concerned that the supermarket people, that could be another one, any big union seems to look at the other unions and just says, listen, we have to do something. That's certainly what the UAW says happened at Mac. Uh, and then Jeez. B of A's got a chart today. 420,000 workers have struck this year. That's incredible. If the UAW expands, that goes to 545. That's, that would be a 40-year high. That's amazing. I mean, you know, when you, when you speak to Rodney McMullen, who, who runs well, runs Kroger, he said, look, you know, we're going to be the, if you merge the two, uh, uh, Albert says, you're going to have the best union shop. And he's, he's very, uh, I would say, supportive of the union. Jim Farley supported the union at Ford. But it, it, this has been one of those moments where a lot of people want to play catch-up to the inflation. Now, I don't blame any worker to, who's just stuck with the same contract when inflation makes it so when you go to the supermarket, it's ridiculous. Right. We are going to hear from the MGM CEO, I believe, in the 10 a.m. hour. Okay. Uh, but overall, I mean... The casinos are also, obviously have the travel envelope wrapped around them, too. Right. I mean, I, my travel trust owns Wynn. i got to talk tomorrow. We do our club talk. And Wynn is a very cheap stock. But we're waiting for the stimulus to actually hit uh, China. They do a lot of stimulus over there, like stimulants. Yeah. All right, stimulus. Let's send them a carton. Of, let's send them a a pallet of Celsius. There's some stimulus. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned China because oh, uh, the Celsius. wires do have a piece about China considering uh, some sovereign debt sales to fund infrastructure stimulus. Well, they, uh, maybe they, an announcement as early as this week or this month. They've been a huge, huge seller of our debt. Right. Uh, look, I think the people of China are pessimistic. I think they, when you look at the growth rate, they're pessimistic. When you uh, look at uh, you know the hope, you don't see a lot of uh, people just, you know, that's been a great gauge of, of 
uh, family creation. I don't know. I, I look at President Xi. We don't know what happened with Schumer. It just does, seems that uh, this axis of evil is developing. To just quote Ronald Reagan, you get you have Russia, you have Iran, uh, you've got China, and these are not allies. Uh, that was Tudor Jones' whole point. I His words were that the, you've got these nuclear powers being run by sociopaths. That was absolutely the best. Yeah, I mean that was unbelievably good. I mean, again, like I love him. I just feel like that you have to. We have to search. Uh, now you can say, listen, it doesn't matter. You can never find anything. Uh, I can find things on the tape at any given moment that seem to be incorrect. And I, I came out yesterday and said on my, uh, one of the, the uh, I do a home stretch and I do the morning meeting, that Pepsi strikes back. That's just what they're going to do. They're going to say there is no GLP-1, that they're going to really lay things out. It's going to be a terrific quarter. Now, I'm not a genius. That's PepsiCo. 55 straight quarters where they don't miss. I mean, but that's our job. Again, I come back to, like, what's our job? And our job is to be very granular. Uh, our job is not necessarily to watch uh, Green Bay Raiders, although they would have to pay me to watch that game, and I'd do this for free. <laughs> I did that's watch. A, that's a painful game. Really? They, they were moving the ball. Well, but, uh... I, I was going up a, against Jacoby Myers. I never lose to a law firm, <laughs> ever. Um, is it a surprise to you that, uh, that Coke is leading the Dow? In no, light of what Pepsi that, said? You know, look, I think that, that it's really, James Quincy doesn't miss, and the stock has got a three and a quarter, 3.4 yield. I do like Pepsi's growth more because I, I believe when I speak to, to Hugh Johnson, the CFO, that Frito-Lay is fantastic. But Pepsi, hey, by the way, Pepsi actual beverage is incredibly well. Yes, yes, International's doing very well. I mean, you would think that who's drinking soda water? Well, the answer is like, lots of people. And I think that one of the things that you point out is that Look, we have buyers. People like our stuff. I mean, it's very interesting. Like when you speak to someone about GLP one, you say, "You, Jim, people like potato chips." You're like, "No, I've seen the data." Well, I have the data. What data do you have? Well, 15 million people may or may not spend. You know, there's a lot of people who are willing to spend a thousand dollars a week to not eat Doritos. Right. No, bet you can't eat like ten thousand. Right. Yeah. It seems like a story that's stretched. Yes, um, but I agree with that. I, know I think it's a stretch, it. but I, look, I, do I want to own a job? You know, I'm looking at Tyson. If Tyson were to all run well, which it clearly isn't, they have protein, and people need protein. Uh, Dow managing to hang on to some mild gains here up 34. We do have the VIX back below 18. We'll keep an eye on that. A lot of Fed speak today. Uh, we've got uh, Bostic. We'll get Waller, Kashkari, and Daly as we move into the evening hours. Ten-year, of course, as you remember, topped out at 488. Uh, in the last, say, two weeks, uh, this morning back to 4.7, uh, take a look at the bond curve this morning. We're back in a moment. A few moments ago in Manhattan, Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda Research and the former girlfriend of Sam Bankman-Fried arriving at court. We do expect to hear her testimony later on today. Of course, we'll get you up to speed on the recent developments in the case uh, as soon as we can. In the meantime, uh, stocks opening with some modest gains here, back to 43, 46 on the S&P, Dow up almost 50 points ahead of a very, very busy session as Q3 earnings heat up and the Fed speak continues. Don't go away. It's time for Jim and stop trading. Yeah, I want to talk about Disney for a second. Now, Nelson bought 30 million shares. I think there's a little non-animosity here. I mean, what, what I look at is that this stock was at uh, 200 in uh, March of 2021. It's now at 84. And I think that Nelson Peltz correctly noticed that the stock's down huge and that that's probably not right. Now, the idea that, that it might be Iger, that it might, that it might be Chapek, doesn't matter. The fact that the stock's down really big tends to say 
uh, if we were in anything else, let's say we're in sports, uh, you know, what have you done for me lately? Well, absolutely nothing. So I know that there's blowback whenever you say, hey, listen, there's, you know, this stock's awful. But you, know, you are what your record mm. says you are. Well, at least we got a, a SAG AMPTP meeting yes, yesterday, be. and then they're nope. going to meet again tomorrow. Right. We got another joint statement. People take that constructively. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just that I think that that I understand when you see a stock down that much, you buy it. You want to know what's wrong. I think uh, it's not so bad. How about tonight? All right. I've got CarMax. They rarely do TV. I think it's very important because it's used cars. And then I've got Damon John who uh, from Shark Tank, who's just invested in a lot of companies and has great vision at all times. Kept me in Apple, by the way, when it was at 30. Not bad. Great backstory uh, yep. with Damon. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yep, thank uh, you. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, an exclusive with the CEO of MGM, his first on-air interview since the company suffered that cyber attack last oh. month. Stay with cool. us. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 